0: I was in high school, and I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but this was early 90s, um, early to mid-90s. I lived in Colorado Springs, and I worked at a restaurant called TGI Fridays. I don't know if any of you guys have heard that. Okay, um, I, was, I was a high school student, so I worked most evenings and weekends. I was a busboy and a food runner, so I'd take out like drinks and food, and then I'd also clean up the tables after people were done eating. And I remember, I think it was like the summer of 95, it was an evening I'm um, a little bit later in the evening, and I'm busing tables and running food out, and I come to this, I come out of the kitchen area, and I look at one of the tables in my section, and my jaw just drops almost to the floor, because this guy right here was at that table. Now, I know most of you guys probably don't know who this is, but this is Dikembe Matumbo, who played for the Denver Nuggets, and um, was a professional basketball player, and I loved basketball, you guys, and so I walked out there and I see him sitting at that table and I can't believe it okay and I've got to take him his drinks, so I'm like this, right? Like, I'm so nervous, I don't want to spill his drinks or drop them. And I set them on the table, and I'm like, man, you're Dikembe. So I asked for his autograph. I'm like freaking out the whole time. I try not to stalk him, but I keep walking by the table, you know. I'm grabbing cooks and chefs and servers from the back, and I'm like, come here, you've got to see this. Like, this professional athlete is there. They didn't know who he was, or they didn't care, but I did. I was so excited. Like, all that week, I was talking to all of my friends, Hey, I had a chance to serve a professional NBA athlete. Like, I was so pumped about that. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where you've met someone that you look up to, maybe a professional athlete, maybe a celebrity, right? And you're kind of starstruck, and you want everyone to know about it. That's kind of how I was in that moment. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. We're in this series called Tag a Friend. And over these few weeks, we're looking at stories in the Bible where people meet Jesus and their life has changed. But in that moment, they're not just excited, but they're bringing friends. They're getting other people. They're inviting others to come and meet this person that has changed their life and that has had such an impact on them. And as we look through these stories, I want us to be encouraged and look at how did Jesus have conversations with people? How can that help us as we're talking to other people about God? Also, what did that look like? What was that passion that drove them to invite others to meet Jesus. That should be the same kind of passion we live with. Pastor A.C. did an amazing job last week um, of sharing about a group of friends who really took the roof off of a house, who like broke into a house, just to be able to bring their friend to Jesus. And they had such passion to go to extreme lengths to connect someone with Jesus that was in need. And we're going to look at a similar story this morning about a conversation that that Jesus has with a young woman and the change that happens in her life, but not only her life, but also in an entire city that is impacted because of that. Now, I want this morning to be really practical, and so my heart is that here this morning that we would be encouraged to share our story, to share what God's doing, to invite others. And so we're going to start with this. In the seat this morning, um, when you sit down, or it may be one or two seats over, there's a card that says the one. Um, so you may have to yep, kind of look around you, but you have that. Take that in your hands. Um, And I want you to, we've done this if you've been around NCC, we've done this a few times. If you're new, I want you to write the name of someone that is in your life, that may be disconnected from God, they're disconnected from church. Um, If you're watching online, just maybe take a scrap sheet of paper. You don't have to have anything special. But just think about that. Um, Students, who's a classmate? Who's someone in one of your classes? Um, You can be as specific or as general as you want to, so you can write teacher, you can write parent on my kids' football team, or you can write someone's specific name. Um, This is going to be for you, so it's not for us, but I want you to have this, to think about who has God placed in your life who maybe they don't know God. Um, If you're new here and you're saying, well, I'm kind of disconnected from God and the church, don't write your own name, okay? Um, But just think about someone else who maybe it would be helpful if they connected with God or if they connected with the church. And I want you to think about that. God has placed people in our life, Um, that are around us all of the time, that we interact with who need a relationship with God. And statistics tell us, I've mentioned this a few times, but um, Carrie Newhoff says this, that 82% of people that don't go to church, when they were surveyed, they said, hey, I would go to church if I was invited by a coworker, neighbor, friend, family member. I would show up at that church. I would accept that invite. 82% of people that don't go to church said, hey, I would go to church If someone would just invite me. So those names that you wrote down, like think about this, about maybe 100 names written down. 82% of those people, if we simply would invite them, hey, would you come to church with me? They would accept that invitation. Okay, it's kind of crazy to think about. So why don't more people come to church? Like, why aren't we inviting more people? I think it's because many of us were scared. Like, we don't know how to have that conversation. We don't know how to tag a friend, how to make that invite, how to do that. Like, we're intimidated by that. Like, guys, let's be awesome we can meet a stranger in the grocery store and we can talk about how awesome the Cowboys are doing this season, right? Like, it just flows out of us. There's just joy in our heart. Or maybe it's a coworker or a friend. Like, we, man, we easily we can celebrate like the newest TV show, the movie that we've seen. Like, we could talk for 30 minutes about the plot line and the characters and all of the twists and turns. But as soon as it comes to, we feel like God's challenging us to invite someone to church, we freeze up, Right? Like we don't know what to say, I'm stumbling over my words. Like you're like me at that table with that NBA player, you're just so nervous, you're shaking, we don't know what to do a lot of times. And I want to help you this morning, like just really make it simple and look for what are those easy moments to invite people. You know, when change is happening in people's life, they tend to be a lot more open to new relationships, conversations, connections. And so I want to encourage you with this. If you know someone that has recently moved, like that's a really easy time to make an invite, to make a connection. Some of you guys know this. This year we sold our house in Forney and we moved to Sunnyvale. We're kind of right on the border of Sunnyvale and Mesquite Beltline. And I cannot tell you about about the amount of conversations we have had with our neighbors just in the past few months just because we've moved. a matter of fact, the other day I'm in the car with my kids and a neighbor runs out of their house, knocks on my car door and said, hey, I just wanted to stop and talk to you. We have a special gift for you. We haven't had a chance to connect. Like it is so easy to talk to people when they're new in the neighborhood. And when you see people like that, maybe you know someone that you see a U-Haul moving down the street from you, or there's someone moving into the apartment just down the hall from you. It's easy to have those conversations of saying they're looking for new connections, maybe new relationships. Maybe they've moved across the Metroplex, or maybe they've moved from out of state, but they're looking for new friendships. And that's an opportunity for us to invite them and to share what God's been doing in our life. Or if there's other transitions in their life. The Associated Press said 65% of Americans right now are actively looking for a new job. I mean, that's crazy when you think about that. But that's a lot of transition. That's a lot of change. And maybe there's new people at your workplace that you have an opportunity. They're looking for those new relationships. Things are changing in their life. Maybe it's a young couple and they just found out they're going to have a kid. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's a chance for those relationships, right? To help them, to encourage them. They need people to come alongside of them. Or maybe it's an older couple and their kids are exiting those teenage years and now they're empty nesters and they're looking for those relationships and those connections. Like transition is just an easy time. For us to be able to step out and invite someone, hey, I'd love for you to come to my church and to meet other people that are going to encourage you and help you in this season of your life. It's that moment where we have a chance to do that. I know it's difficult for some of us. Another thing, if you're like, hey, there are no new students in my class. You know, I don't know any new people at my work. No one's moved into my area. Just the season of the time of year that we're in. I mean, most people around Easter and Christmas, they're going to go to church somewhere, right? They're going to look for a place to connect. And so just the time of year that we're in is an easy way to invite someone, to say, hey, I'd love for you to come and be a guest at my church, okay? I know one of the scariest things is just doing this for the first time, so we're about to do this right here in this room, okay? So I'm going to ask you in a moment to turn around to someone next to you if you can, don't let it be someone that came with you, but if you have to, you can have someone that, um, that you came to church with. And I want you to do this, just this simple practice, okay? You're going to say, hey, what are you doing this holiday season? And they're going to respond with something, and then you're going to invite them. Hey, I'd love for you to come to my church, like we're doing some fun creative stuff around Christmas, I'd love for you to come to be my guest. And then they're going to say yes, so everyone wins this morning, Okay. Easy first step. We're going to get this nervousness out of the way. I know we've done this before, but I want you to do that, okay? So right now, make eye contact with someone sitting in front of you, behind you, around you. You may have to slide out of your seat a little bit. I want you to ask, what are you doing this holiday season? And then invite them, okay? So do that real quick. If you're online, you can do that online too, right there in the comment box, in the chat box. Take a quick second, do that online as well. So it's, it's really that simple of looking for those opportunities, looking for those moments. And I want us to look at the scripture this morning and just, we want to see what are some of the ways that Jesus did this. And he has the conversation with a young woman. So if you have your Bibles, turn this morning to John chapter four. And once you have that, hold on to that for just a moment. And in this conversation, the first thing that we see is Jesus meets us at the point of our need. Jesus meets us at the point of our need. And I want us to look at this passage. I'm going to hit sections of this, but I want to encourage you. You can read um, the more complete story in John chapter 4. But Jesus starts by meeting this young woman at the point of her need. Now, if you've never read John chapter 4, um, I'll give you a little bit of context, or even if you had, um, even if you have read it, just some things that are helpful to remember. The first is this Jesus is traveling for the, from the northern part of Israel to Jerusalem, and he's got to go through this area of Samaria. And so he stops outside of this city, um, in this region called Samaria, and he, he sits down at a well, and he begins to have a conversation with a young woman. Now, a few things that are happening here are pretty amazing. The first is, in that culture and in that time, if you were a man, you would not approach a young woman and have a conversation, okay? So unless her brothers, uncles, dads, unless their family member was around, that was kind of a cultural thing where you really didn't do that a lot of times. And Jesus kind of breaks a little bit of that cultural norm, and he begins to have a conversation with this young woman. The second is that she's a Samaritan, and we'll see this actually in the Bible verse, but the Jewish people did not talk with Samaritans. And this was really kind of a point of racial tension. The Jewish people looked down on the Samaritans. Um, There were a lot of terms that they would use, but basically devalued them, did not feel like they were um, worth as much as the Jewish people And so there was a lot of racial tensions going on here. And Jesus kind of goes, breaks through that racial barrier in order to have a conversation with this young woman. The third thing is, most likely, this young woman was an outcast in her community. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us that, but some of the context, we understand that she may have not been welcomed kind of in the city as a whole or with her community. Now, probably most of us, when you got up this morning, you went to the bathroom turned on the faucet, right, and got running water to brush your teeth. But in this cultural context, hopefully you did that this morning, okay? Um, In this cultural context, that wasn't the norm. Like, you had to get up, and most likely this well that they're referencing is about a quarter of a mile outside of the city. So you would go, and you'd walk out maybe in the morning or in the evening, and you'd draw water, and that's what you used to cook, clean, do dishes, all of that other stuff to drink, all of those things. You had to walk to get water. And so many times... Like I said, you do that early in the morning, late at night. Why? Because imagine a Texas summer heat. You don't want to do that in the middle of the day because it's way too hot to walk that far and carry heavy water. And yet this woman is going kind of at an inopportune time to draw water from the well, and quite possibly it was because the community, she didn't want to go when everyone else was going. Um, And so there's a lot of factors going on here And yet I want you to look at the conversation that Jesus has and how he starts this conversation. In John chapter 4, verse 7, this is what it says. And a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Those are some of those things that I was talking about that Jesus was kind of breaking through some of those stereotypes. And Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, as I was reflecting on this verse and this conversation that Jesus is having, I love where Jesus starts at. He starts at something very practical, a physical need in this woman's life, and he relates it to something spiritual that's going on in her life. And that's how Jesus starts this conversation. Jesus does not begin with some kind of theological statement. He doesn't start with some doctrinal lecture or describing the character or the nature of God. He starts really simple as you have a need in your life. That's where he begins at. And he takes something, they're sitting at a well like there's water. He begins the conversation right there with a physical need that's in her life. And he begins to relate it to something spiritual that she has going on inside of her. That's how Jesus starts the conversation You guys, when we begin to talk to people, we're talking about tagging a friend, inviting others to Christ. It doesn't need to start with a three point sermon. You don't need students in your classroom to open up the Bible and say, let me preach to you. Okay, you don't need in the workplace to come up with some big doctrinal statement. It just starts by seeing the needs in people's life and beginning to have a conversation around that around what's going on like she had a need she was probably isolated from her community she had a physical need of drawing water and Jesus begins to speak to that to open up her heart to what it is that God wants to do in her life and i want to challenge you with that that you know as we begin to talk to people as we're looking for those kinds of moments to not feel like oh man i've got to have some bible degree or i've got to know all of the scriptures or i've got to be able to speak eloquently it it doesn't it starts with A simple conversation of the needs that are going on in people's life. I mentioned a few of those, but what are those transitions? What are the changes that are happening? What are people going through? And how can we begin to speak to physically what's happening in their life and relate that to something spiritual that's happening and taking place there? And if you're new to Jesus, if you're new to church, if you're just coming into this thing, this story should be so encouraging because I want you to hear what Jesus does is he doesn't start by telling her, You need to correct your behavior. He starts right where she's at. What's the need in your life? And so many times we have this mindset or church, if you've been following Jesus for a long time, we need to be reminded of this. We're not coming to people trying to fix their lives. We're coming to them trying to introduce them into a relationship with God. And Jesus doesn't tell us, hey, you got to have everything right. you got to have your life perfect. you got to get rid of the mess in your life. And then you can come to me, he says, I'm going to meet you at your point of need. Right where you're at, whatever you're going through, whatever the context of your life looks like, that's where I want to begin the conversation at. And this is a powerful way that Jesus starts this story. It's a great reminder for us of, Jesus, this is where we can begin the conversation at. The second thing is this, is, Jesus gets to the heart of the issues in our life. He speaks right to the heart of the issue that this young woman is going through. In John chapter 4, verse 16, he shifts the conversation. And this is what he says. He told her, go call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you're right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. And so what you've said is quite true. When I first read this, I'm like, Jesus, what did you just say? How are you going to talk to her like that? But when you understand like the context of what's going on here, I do not believe this is Jesus being judgmental. Okay? This is not Jesus saying, hey, let me expose all of your junk and your mess and what's going on in your life. That's not what's happening right here. Jesus is speaking to the heart of the issue in her life. And what he's trying to help her to understand is you keep looking For purpose, you keep looking for satisfaction. You keep looking for fulfillment in relationships that are failing you. And it's not going to work. What you're looking for, the purpose and the meaning in life and what you're desiring, doesn't come from another person. It only comes from God. And if you keep reading this story, the conversation, she quickly goes to all of these rules, like what's the religious thing that I have to do? And Jesus says, no, God wants your heart. Like to worship him, he just wants your heart. He wants a relationship with you. That's what God is looking for. Like she tries to go through these lists of laws and like, where do I worship at on this mountain, on this mountain? And he says, no, God wants a relationship with you. He's looking for your heart. And he's saying, you're looking in the wrong places to satisfy yourself. You're looking at things that will not fulfill you if your relationship with God is not right first. And he's saying, "That's that's where we need to start this conversation at. Can I talk to you about what's really going on in your life? This is not Jesus trying to judge. It's Jesus saying, do you know what's really happening on the inside of you? Because God wants to speak to that deep part of your life. And you guys, we need to do better at this. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's so easy in the workplace. Someone says, I'm going through a divorce and you're, I hope that works out for you. And then we just walk away. Like seriously, someone's, mom or parent, they're going through illness, they're going through sickness. Hey, I'll be praying for you. And then we just leave the conversation. We need to be better at listening, listening for these God kind of moments, like where Jesus says, wait, but do you know what's really happening on the inside? Do you know what's taking place on the deep levels of your heart? Do you know what's really happening? We need to be better for those God moments, right? where we have a chance to be led by Holy Spirit to speak what God wants to speak through us because people around us are hurting and they're really suffering and they're going through things and it's easy to look on the outside. And Jesus says, but do you know what's really taking place on the inside of your life? Because that's what God's concerned about. That's where God wants to help you. And so I want to challenge us that we look for those God kind of moments where we look for those opportunities when someone shares something to say, Holy Spirit, lead me, direct me, guide my conversation. I don't know if Jesus was. I'd be really afraid to say that about someone's life, right? But when you keep on reading this, it was the God moment that changed everything for this young woman. And we need to look for those same kind of opportunities to invite others to say, Lord, help me to have those kinds of conversations with people around me that desperately need you. I love how this story ends. It ends with this When you come to Jesus, don't come alone, invite a friend. When you come to Jesus, don't come alone, but invite a friend. In John chapter 4, verse 28, it says this She came out, right, to draw water from the well. Like that's what the whole purpose of her being there. But she ends up leaving her water jar. And the woman went back to the town and she said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be God's salvation? So they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. So this whole town ends up coming out to where Jesus is at. And his disciples are back from the town now. And look at verse 35, like they're amazed. And they're like, what's going on? And Jesus said, hey, don't you say it's still four months until the harvest? But I tell you, open your eyes right now and look at the fields for they are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wages and he harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. What's going on here? Um, And and I want you to picture this, right? There's a large crowd of people coming from the town and Jesus' disciples are like, what just happened? And then I imagine next to that well, there may have been some fields, okay? Okay. So I don't know if there was grain. I don't know if there was tomatoes that were still green. I know there weren't, but, you know, apples that weren't quite ripe yet. And the disciples are like, wait, it's still a while before you harvest those. And Jesus said, but that's not the case spiritually. Like that moment is right now in someone's life who needs Jesus, in someone who's hurting, in someone who feels outside of the kingdom of God, in someone who feels disconnected from church. Don't wait four months. Don't say, I'll wait for the next opportunity. I'll wait for the next season. Maybe when Easter comes around, Jesus is saying there should be an urgency right now, right here in this moment. Take advantage of it right now. So he uses something that the disciples can probably physically see, some kind of crop, some kind of harvest. And he said, don't wait. The moment spiritually is right now to invite someone into the kingdom of God. Now, this is the kind of urgency that we should live with. And maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're like, I'm new to this Jesus thing. This woman only knew Jesus for about five minutes. And she goes back and she brings out a whole town. You've got to meet this guy. What he's saying to me is impacting and it's changing my life. And this whole town comes. And if you keep reading this, they say, Jesus, we believe in you now. Not just because of what she said. We've seen it for ourselves. We've experienced for ourselves. Our lives are being changed by being around you, Jesus. And this is how we should come, not alone, but by inviting other people, inviting others into these moments, into our relationship with God, into what God is doing inside of our life, that we get a chance to share the story of what Christ has done. In church, I don't mean just do this when you first come to Jesus, because maybe you're like, yeah, I did that when I first got saved. You're connecting with Jesus all the time if you're his follower could be during morning prayer, just a quiet time in the morning to say, Jesus, I recognize you're here. Worship music on the way to work. In the evening, reading the scriptures, whatever that is, you and I are constantly coming to Jesus. The challenge is, don't come alone. Invite a friend. Bring someone else with you. Who is it that God has placed in your life that you can share? Here's what God's doing. I'd love for you to come to church with me and experience God for yourself, to experience a relationship with him. I mentioned to you at the beginning that 82% of people said, I would go to church if someone would invite me. The other side of that statistic is the Barna study group tells us that over 90% of Christians, followers of Jesus, in their lifetime will not invite one person to church and will not share what Jesus has done in their life with one other person. 82% said, I'll go if someone will just invite me. 90% of followers of Jesus said, I'll never take that step. There is a problem with that church. And that's not the kind of church that we want to be. We don't want to come to Jesus alone. God has placed other people in your life that you can encourage, that you can share with, that you can listen to, that you can have a relationship with and help them grow, help them understand God's love. It just takes us taking that step to say, God, help me to see the one that you've placed around me, Lord. Help me to reach out, to step out, to share with someone else. And so I want us to respond in a few ways this morning. The first is this, is you may be here either in this room or maybe you're online and you're like that young woman that I talked about. Your life feels like a mess. You're like, I keep trying to fix it with different stuff and it just keeps getting more and more broken. And I want you to hear this this morning as Jesus wants to meet you just like he met this young woman, right at the point of your need, whatever mess you've got going on, whatever difficulty you're going through, whatever your life looks like, Jesus is willing to cross whatever barrier culturally, racially, whatever that looks like to speak to you and to be close to you, that's God's desire, is He wants a relationship with you. And the scripture is very clear, it's that all of us have fallen short of God's plan. We've messed up our lives on our own. There's been different moments where we've rebelled against God, pushed God out of our lives, said, I'm going to try to do this on our own. And we end up messing up our life. And that's why Jesus came. He was born as a child. He walked here on this earth. He taught about what it looked like to be in a relationship with God. And then he gave his life for us. The scripture says that, that we should have faced The penalty of the cross. We should have faced a spiritual death and Jesus stepped in and took our place and said the punishment for your sin, the punishment for my sin, God took that upon himself so that once again we could be brought back into a right relationship with God. And it's very simple to receive that. You just have to ask for it. You just have to say, God, I acknowledge that. I want that in my life. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer this morning. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me to say, it just acknowledges, God, I know that I've messed up. I'm praying for your forgiveness. I want you to be a part of my life. And I'm going to invite all of us to pray this out loud because we don't want anyone to be praying this alone or saying this by themselves. Even if you're by yourself in your home, would you repeat this out loud with me? Let's pray this together. Jesus, I come to you. And I know that I need you. I've sinned and messed up. And I want your forgiveness. So I invite you into my life. Be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. I pray this in your name. Amen. Now church, can you just put your hands together and celebrate? The Bible says this, that all of heaven is rejoicing. If even one person prayed that prayer, if you felt disconnected from God, but you prayed that this morning, that all of heaven is celebrating, and I want to encourage you to take a simple next step as you're starting to journey in a relationship with God, and it's this: if you go to newcommunity.co/connecttrack, um, it's a simple class that we do here at NCC. We do it three times a month, and we just meet together and we talk about what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus. When we talk about Jesus saving us from our sins, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do we engage in a relationship with God? And so this is a great first step if you're just starting or if you're coming back and you're saying, man, I've been disconnected from church for a while, but I want to get back in. This is a great first step. So I want to encourage you, go there this morning, sign up, be a part of that class. We want to help you grow in your relationship with God. The next thing is this. I I just want to encourage us, that we wouldn't hear this message this morning and then forget about it but let's take some simple action steps this week of lord help us to do this and it may be a moment where you can share your story maybe someone else is going through something students someone in your class they're facing something and you have had god move in your life in that way look for a moment to share your story to encourage them to say hey here's what church means to me here's what god has done in my life and and be able to share a part of that. Speak to the needs in others' life. Really listen. Take a moment, slow down, and listen to what others are going through, and pray, Holy Spirit, help me to share your words with someone else that's in need. And I want to encourage you, that person that you wrote down, invite them. Look for a moment this week to invite them to say, hey, I'd love for you to come and to be a part of our church, to visit our church, and to see what God wants to do in your life. And so we're going to end just by praying together this morning. If you would hold that card that you wrote someone's name down, once again, that's not for us, that's for you. And I want to encourage you to maybe pray for them throughout this week. Pray for that opportunity. But I'm going to pray over everyone that we wrote down that God would give us a chance this week to maybe share our story or to invite them to church. Let's pray together this morning. Jesus, thank You that You're the God that meets us at the point of our need. Lord, so many of us in this room, we've experienced Your love your kindness, your forgiveness. In the midst of the brokenness of our life, Lord, you've brought healing and you've brought a fresh start, Lord, and we want that for other people. And so I pray for all of the names that we've written down, God, people that we interact with, some we may be close to, Lord, some it may just be a casual thing that we see them, but Lord, we want a chance to be able to share your love with them. We want to be able to have an opportunity to invite them. So, Lord, I pray on our sports teams, God, in extracurricular activities, Lord, band, choir, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, Lord, with family members. Lord, give us moments this week just to be able to share your love, God, to share an invitation with someone that needs to connect with you, Lord. We're praying, God, that as we come to you, we would not come alone but we would invite a friend. Lord, we would bring someone else with us. Give us that chance. Let us be that kind of church that shares you with others. We pray this in your name. Amen.